This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host. Helping take our leadership to the next level, I have with me here today, Dr. Richard Blackaby. Good to be with you, Sam, as always. Yes, and we've been... Uh, one of the ways I think that uh, all of our leadership can, can benefit is uh, going deep in the words of Jesus. Yeah. And uh, yeah. perhaps the greatest leader to ever walk the face of the planet and uh we've been in this series uh on the beatitudes and uh, i think what we originally thought was maybe a two-parter uh, is, is now into i think this is our fourth well it's and, inflation yeah <laughs> inflation is affecting everything these it days. is it is yeah. e- e- even your uh, exposition <laughs> uh so this will be the final uh episode on the beatitudes and yeah. so what what beatitudes are left. Well, we are getting to verse 9 where it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. And, you know, I, I would just say uh, um, those who claim to be Christians are Christians because they're followers of Jesus. And I, it, it, it amazes me, and I mean, I want to be careful because I don't want to sound just judgmental of others because this can include me too. But we say that Jesus is our model, we say that we're following him. And yet, um, so many times uh, we we make a conscious choice not to be like Jesus. Um, mm. Jesus will act a certain way, and it's almost as if we just turn a blind eye to that and say, "Well, I know that He forgave His enemies and loved His enemies, but I'm certainly not going to do that. I'm not going to be nice to that kind of person." Uh, well, there's the, always a camp. justification, you know. Yeah, it's almost like we just have this automatic escape clause that says, I mean, because if the, the, the truth is, if you take a really close look at Jesus, he's pretty radical. I mean, he does a lot of things yeah. that just go completely against what comes natural to us. And we sort of know that in, at one level, but, but whenever we come up against it, we just automatically downsize and go to a default to say, you know, well, I know that that's what he says, but I'm, I can't do that. Or that's impossible. And we, we need to just really take seriously as Christians that our calling is not only to try to be like Jesus, but if you're a Christian, you actually have Jesus by his Holy Spirit dwelling within you. And he wants to live out his life through you the, the same way he lived out his life when he walked on the earth. So mm-hmm. it's not even that you have to try and do that. You just have to surrender to the Spirit of God who will do that through you. So it, it is impossible for you to love your enemies, but it's not impossible for Jesus to. And so you've got to let him do that in you. And so uh, I think the Beatitudes are just a great case in point to say, yeah, they sound poetic, they sound nice, but um, if you actually dig down in and say, well, so how does this actually look in my daily living? Then, then we quickly start making excuses. And I would just challenge our listeners today, uh, don't, don't be too quick to excuse away the hard sayings of Jesus. Mm. Um, he says some really hard things. Uh, years ago, there was a book by New Testament scholar F.F. Bruce called The Hard Sayings of Jesus. And uh, it's a whole book on just things Jesus said that are difficult. And uh, not a bad uh, uh, book just to kind of look over and realize, wow, I mean, 
There's a lot of stuff that without God's help, I could never do. And yeah. so, and so I think I, especially as we look at peacemakers, yeah. uh, you know, I wonder how, how many of us, uh, especially on social media, are, are quite the opposite of peacemakers yeah. because we, we feel we have a just cause yeah. to, to rage uh, war against our political opponents or you know, people who disagree with us. Yeah, I think, uh, and especially in the, and so we are in such a polarized uh, culture and society today. And so, and I think certainly politically, uh, I just know that there are people who profess to be Christians who literally would not be nice to a Democrat. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> if they're Republican, it's like, I just cannot be civil to someone who would vote Democrat. If, if someone would vote for Biden, then I can't even be nice to them. And I would say, well, but Jesus said that you're supposed to. And so don't, like, tell that to Jesus, that you can't be civil to someone who voted differently than you did mm -hmm. or has a different view on Roe versus Wade than you do. Um, and, and we live in a, a culture now where there's a, there are movements certainly within uh, our denomination and in a lot of Christian denominations today where there is a segment that is uh, battling for orthodoxy and uh, truth. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm a big fan of truth and orthodoxy. I think it's great to have proper beliefs. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll challenge something that's false, but uh, there's a way to do that where you don't at the same time uh, demonize the person who holds a different view than you. And, uh, and you don't have to take delight in slamming people that disagree with you. Yeah. And, and I've literally known uh, Christians who took delight in the fact that perhaps someone that had a different opinion than them uh, got fired from their church or they got, or they even fell into immorality. And it was almost as if, well, good, that's great. Uh, another one bit the dust here that disagrees with us. And, um, and I, you know, I think it's difficult for a lot of folks because you don't want to ever feel like you're condoning something that's wrong. Uh, you know, you, we almost feel like if we make peace with someone we disagree with, somehow we're condoning their heresy. And, uh, and, and I think it, peacemakers are not necessarily people that just give away the farm and just say, okay, well, I'll just give up all of my biblical beliefs so that I can get along with you. That's, that's not what a peacemaker does. But uh, I think, it, like all these Beatitudes, it starts with the heart. And um, it means that you truly desire to be at peace with your, your brother, your sister, and you, you measure your words. And you say, you know, there's certain ways you can talk to someone you disagree with where you can respectfully disagree and you can still respect that, that the person has their own opinion. And then there's ways to disagree where you antagonize them, where you try to humiliate them or mock them. Uh, and of course that you're, you're not even discussing truth. Now you're just, you're attacking and yeah. you'll never make peace by attacking someone else. Uh, I think we feel like, well, yeah, if I completely wipe them out, there won't be any conflict anymore yeah. because they won't there'll be no one to disagree. They'll be obliterated. So I'll just obliterate my enemies and then there'll be peace. And that's not what it means. Uh, it means can you respectfully uh, disagree with someone? You don't have to compromise your, your beliefs, but can you do it? Can you hold your beliefs graciously? Uh, can you show respect to people as individuals, even if you disagree with 
their opinion. But for us, I think we become so polarized that it's almost like you can't even respect someone. I mean, anyone who's stupid enough to think that way, how could I even be civil to someone like that? Yeah, well, and, and you know, respect for uh, someone that has a different opinion is, is now kind of seen as like a tacit approval of that different yeah. opinion. And you, and which is not necessary. It just means that you value people and you value relationships. And so you, you can still be kind to someone you disagree with. And of course, like all these, it has a reward and it says, for they will be called the sons of God. And of course, if you're a female listening to this, it's like, well, I don't want to be anyone's son. But yeah, uh, but of course, in this culture, in Jesus day, uh, only sons could inherit uh, from uh, the deceased father. So in the will, women in this culture had to be cared for by a man, uh, generally. And so you couldn't inherit money, you couldn't necessarily run a business. So, um, so the sons were the ones who got uh, the, the inheritance. And so basically, what it's saying here is not that you'd be a man if you're a woman, but what it's saying is, that you'll be an heir just like everybody else yeah. so you'll get just as much of an inheritance whether you're a male or a female um, and so it's actually saying you're going to get the full reward and and so it's interesting to me when it gets talking about inheritances basically uh something that is a very positive thing jesus says yeah for that you you have to be a peacemaker and and that it doesn't just mean that you're peaceable. It doesn't mean that you're just a nice person. It actually means a peacemaker is someone who makes peace. It's someone yeah. that goes into a situation, a relationship that is hostile and it's maybe divided, and they they find a way to actually make peace. Uh, it's not enough just to say, "Well, I try to just you know not be offensive." It's yeah, but what have you done to actually make peace with someone that you don't have peace with or that you have you crossed the aisle and actually tried to get to know people that are different than you and when when was the last time you went for coffee with someone that voted differently than you in the last election Um, or just views has some very different social opinions than you Uh, it can actually be very educational um and, uh, and you can discover that you actually have a lot of things in common, uh, a lot of things that you both do agree on. Um, and they perhaps need just to, to know that people that hold your opinions can actually be quite Christ-like. So, so the first um, beatitude here is just saying, you know, blessed are you when you make peace, for you will be called the sons of God. By the way, to being a son of God, you know, certainly is talking about inheritance and uh, being a legitimate child and so on, and all the benefits and privileges that come with that. But I think it also just, one other thing I might say is that it also can reflect a family resemblance. When mm. someone looks at you and says, Sam, you look just like your dad. Uh, uh, you know, the, typically, unless you have a really ugly dad, <laughs> which, which you don't. <laughs> no, that's uh, definitely you, a good thing. You, you and... could say, uh, yeah, well, thanks. Uh, and, and I think in, in one sense it's saying, that when you are making peace, people look at you and say, you know, that reminds me a lot of your Heavenly Father. That, that mm. reminds me of what God is like. He's, uh, uh, in fact, uh, in Second Corinthians, it talks about uh, being given the, the ministry of reconciliation. Uh, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of religious folks today that 
do not take that seriously. Yeah, uh, they, have no they, interest in. They honestly believe that they can just wage holy war uh, for the for the cause of truth against anybody they disagree with, and it's and it's such an ugly spirit, uh, such an ugly heart that you just say this. You you could not be called a son of God because uh, you you have no interest whatsoever in making peace with anybody. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break here, and we'll wrap up when we come back. Hello, I'm Richard Blackaby. I'm the co-author of Experiencing God. And here at the Blackaby Bible Institute, we're offering an online class of Experiencing God that people can take from around the world. No one had any idea back in 1990 when Experiencing God was first uh, published that it would be so life-transforming and that uh, people would experience revival. They'd be set free from burdens they'd carried for years. I can't go anywhere in the world without people telling me how this material has changed their life. And so we offer it as the Blackabees where we have all kinds of video resources, a live stream where you can submit live questions and uh, get answers from myself and others and uh, just many different resources that will enhance your experience of taking experiencing God. So I want to encourage you if you've never taken the class before or even if you have, the Blackbee Bible Institute will offer you more resources uh, than you could have gotten anywhere else. And so we look forward to studying with you and we're praying that it will change your life as you do. So, Richard, we finally come to the last of the Beatitudes. At last. At last. Blessed are they who can make it to the end. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you've uh, stuck with us through this series, we, we appreciate you, and we hope this has been uh, just an eye-opening um, series for you. If, if nothing else, a, uh, a series of encouragement that when we really look at the words of Christ and how He instructed us to live as Christians, but also as, as leaders— um, that that these can uh, just be a time of uh, encouragement for you to take your leadership to the next level. Uh, and sometimes that means really looking at things from an entirely different perspective. And uh, uh, Jesus had a way of sort of turning the traditional or the orthodoxy on its head and and giving us new ways to look at things and, and to do things and, and certainly to lead. And so with that, Richard, uh, why don't you walk us through the, the last of the Beatitudes? Yeah, verse 10 and 11, it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted. Uh, it, it's not a surprise he left this one to the end. Yeah. Uh, because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And then verse 11, it says, You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you uh, falsely. And, and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me, because your reward is great in heaven. Um, you know, you almost feel like as people are listening to Jesus say this for the first time, they're, they're kind of shocked at what he's saying, but it's getting worse and worse. Yeah. And, and it's, it's almost like, okay, like I can, when, I can when is poor, this guy going to stop can... here? Like it's, if, he, if this gets any more radical, like I'm, I'm not following this guy. Like it's going to be too hard. Yeah, I feel like all the ones before are like, okay, that's, that's different or that's, uh, that's hard, but okay, certainly doable. And then you get down to the end and it's just sort of like pump yeah. the brakes a second. Like, What's yeah, going on? This uh, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Uh, of course, to be persecuted, nobody desires that except a masochist. And uh, uh, and but but notice that qualifier. It says because of righteousness, uh, and because I've known some 
people, I mean, literally, I've known folks that took pride in the fact that they made everybody angry, that there were all kinds of, they were always doing battle. Uh, there literally are just people who love a good fight. And uh, yeah. and there's a lot of them in Christian circles who, they, they love conflict. They love being uh, upset at people, and they take pride in how many people are upset with them. But oftentimes, uh, they're, they're being persecuted, if you will, because they're jerks, not not because right. of Christ, not because of righteousness. It's because they were rude to someone else. They lied about someone else. They misrepresented someone else's opinion. And when people naturally push back, uh, they take delight because now they're being persecuted. And I would yeah. say that's not what Jesus is talking about, just being a combative person who's looking for a fight. Uh, if everywhere you go, and, I, and I've just known people like that. I've literally known people that just... It just inevitably, they just rub people the wrong way. And before they knew it, uh, they're getting into arguments at parties and uh, at family gatherings. And they're getting people upset with them around the dinner table. And, uh, and, and, and they sort of take pride in the fact that they just tell it like they see it. They, you know, they just, if you want, you don't have to guess what I think. Um, and I would just say, Jesus is just condemning that and just saying, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, Jesus says, when you, when you do something that, that truly is righteous. And, and righteous means it's right. It's, it's the right thing to do. It means that it is holy uh, actions. It's, it means you're acting like Jesus would act. Um, and when you do a good thing, and then people still persecute you for that. Um, then, uh, and, and, and it's not talking about you looking for a fight. It's not you kind of walking into a room full of unbelievers and saying, I'm a Christian and I'm going to do the Christ-like thing. Who wants to make something out of it? That's, yeah. that's not it. It's, it's in humility. It's, uh, he's already talked about being poor in spirit and about being humble. Uh, and when you have all those, those previous qualities and you're behaving the way Jesus does and you still face persecution then then he says you're blessed because by trying with all your heart to be like jesus uh you and and trying to be light it offended the darkness uh, well then it says your reward will be great and uh you know i i i feel like um that we probably haven't really even mentioned it enough but uh I've been places like Nigeria a couple of times, and uh, wonderful, wonderful Christian people there. But of course, the northern part, especially of Nigeria, is being taken over by radical Muslim groups. And regularly, regularly in the news, they'll will be told of Fulani herdsmen, uh, Islamic extremists that will come into a village and and uh, kidnap hundreds of schoolgirls or They'll, they'll kill a bunch of Christians in a village, uh, terrorize them, basically just trying to terrorize and intimidate Christians to leave uh, the northern part of Nigeria so that it's just entirely Muslim. And, uh, and it's just horrifying when you hear of these villages and, and a bunch of, of thug terrorists come in with, uh, with semiotic rifles and just start slaughtering uh, defenseless villagers for no other mm -hmm. reason than that they're Christians. Um, I tell you, I just every time I see another news um, release of that, I, I feel like I need to just stop what I'm doing. And, and oftentimes I'm sitting there in front of my laptop just seeing a news uh, release 
and I'm sitting in the comfort of a hotel room or my office and realizing that over in Africa there, uh, hundreds of people have been killed or people's uh, daughters have been kidnapped and taken away. They may be raped. They may be given in child marriage uh, to, to a, a grown man and uh, all because they're Christians. And, uh, and so they don't deserve to be treated with any kind of human kindness or dignity. And I feel like as Christians, we need to just stop, especially in the West, and just um, somehow just in, in solidarity with them, if nothing else, just pray about them, just read the, their news, and just, um, if there is any way to aid or to help with that, uh, to do so. But there are people, certainly in Afghanistan, living in terror. Uh, I've been in places like uh, China and other places where there's certainly intimidation and pressure upon you if you're a Christian. Uh, I've been to, I've ministered in Cuba and other places where it's very, very different kind of world. I've spoken yeah. in, uh, in various Muslim countries. Uh, you know, I remember one Muslim country where um, some Christians were gathering and it, it's, it wasn't necessarily illegal to be a Christian church, but uh, but the Christians just met in a church building, and the, the there were some uh, Muslim uh, folks who gathered outside the building. They just knew that there were Christians in their meeting, and they began to protest that there were Christians even meeting in the building. And they finally set fire to cars parked outside in the streets and rioted and caused all kinds of damage. The Christians never came out. They never spoke. They never propagated they were just having a private meeting in a building but uh the government uh basically passed a law after that saying well christians can't really meet like that because it just causes trouble hmm. and it's like well they they weren't causing the trouble yeah <laughs> but they were the ones who were penalized because others were rioting in the streets and when you when you see stories like that you just realize you know what there there are people who legitimately are in humility and Christ-likeness, um, seeking to honor Christ, and yet they're being persecuted for it. And that that's what Jesus is talking about. And, you know, I think certainly in, even in America and in the West, we're finding more and more that there is uh, persecution, there is pressure. It's going to be more and more difficult uh, to, to follow Christian principles. Um, in, even in America. And, you know, one example, I think, just to watch for is that there's uh, the whole uh, LBGQT and so on. They, um, there's uh, a, a movement right now even to say that, for instance, if you're a Christian college, uh, certainly in a, in a state like California, uh, and you you say, well, okay, we're... Um, we're, we're, we're not going to put transgender people in a male dormitory. You, you can't share a, a room if you're a, uh, or maybe if you're a, you're a biological male, and you, but you claim to be female, we can't put you in a, a share a girl's dorm with, with her or go into the girl's showers or whatever else. And uh, there, there are uh, pressures to say, well, you, as, a, as a Christian college, you can't discriminate against people that way. And if you do, then you won't be allowed to give student loans to people, uh, all the government assistance to international students or whatever else, uh, or tax breaks. You, you won't qualify for any of that. And so I know 
there's a lot of Christians right now saying, well, just trying to just uphold Christian principles and run a Christian school. Or, or if you say, you know, there, there's, there is pressure um, that is only going to increase of where you even say, is it maybe a church? You, you want to hire uh, someone on staff. And if you appear to be discriminating because you're not hiring someone who's openly uh, homosexual or transgender, whatever else, uh, then you can face lawsuits and all kinds of pressures. And so, uh, that's, you know, that's on the horizon and those, there have been laws that are already been toyed with and, and, and presented, uh, that I, I think I don't want to be alarmist, but to say it's, it's very real. Uh, certainly I, I led for years in Canada and they're farther down that road than the United States is. And, uh, there were all kinds of things you had to do to protect yourself so that if, for instance, you were a Christian organization that you could justify uh, hiring people that were Christians or that had the same uh, moral values that, and followed the same moral systems that you did. But there, there will be more and more conflict in that regard uh, for trying to uphold righteousness. And so those days are, are, in, are, are inching closer uh, each day, each week. Uh, and so I think uh, we should be prepared even now. I think Christians have for too long perhaps been comfortably in the majority in America. And uh, it, was, it was much more easy to, to uphold and promulgate Christian beliefs. But, uh, but that's changing. And I think perhaps we need to go back and revisit the, the Beatitudes to yeah. say, um, you know what, don't be, don't be so terrified of of being persecuted for righteousness you know we kind of live in fear about society becoming more and more secular but but jesus actually said blessed are you if you are persecuted if you do suffer for my my cause and uh you know the last thing i might just say is uh i think we've got a, a churches filled with people that um sometimes it's questionable whether they truly know what it means uh, to be born again to be a true follower of jesus it's it's more of a, a cultural thing but i think with some a little bit of persecution comes upon the american church um, we don't like persecution but i think in some ways it will separate the sheep from the goats the half-hearted yeah. to the well to even wholehearted i wouldn't even call it persecution but i think even um, sort of the turmoil of COVID has has even revealed, you know, that some church members were not necessarily um, believers, and and we we saw some you know thinning of of churches, uh, yeah. even through something as not persecution as as COVID, and so I think I mean yeah, it could know, just it be is... an inconvenience, and uh, this took an inconvenience to cause people to to, to quit following and attending yeah. and. So I, I, who knows uh, what uh, purging might take place and pruning might take place with a little persecution in yeah. the American church. Uh, but, um, but anyway, these are the, the Beatitudes. And of course, each one, uh, Jesus always comes back with a reward. Um, and, you know, I, I, there are rewards in the Bible. I don't know if that should be what drives and motivates you. But, uh, but Jesus does say, um, not that you'll never face some negative things, but the reward, uh, the, the blessing, all of that's going to be, will far exceed whatever negative might come. And I, even, even if you are in northern Nigeria and you're being herded up and shot, as hor- horrific as that is, I think heaven is even better still. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
and I, I think it might be kind of embarrassing one day to be gathered in heaven and to have a lot of us kind of soft American Christians uh, standing there to worship and around us are a bunch of martyrs who paid a far greater price than we ever did uh, to be a follower of Jesus. Mm. And uh, sometimes I, I, it's, it's hard not to be a little embarrassed to say, God, I, I'm grateful that I'm in a country like uh, the United States, but boy, I tell you, it's, it's hard not to go soft as a Christian sometimes when everything is so easy. And so uh, maybe it's not quite so bad uh, to face a bit of hardship as well. Certainly there are rewards that come with that. And so, so with that, we've, we've covered the Beatitudes. Um, we'll look at, we'll do some other studies like this, uh, I think in the future, Sam, just to kind of camp ourselves for a little bit in some of these great teachings of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, uh, again, don't be too quick just to skim past these and water them down and sort of translate them into something that doesn't push you very much yeah. uh, let the harshness the radicalness of jesus teaching sit there before your life and uh and affect you the way i think jesus intended for it too when he spoke those words absolutely and we'll certainly leave links to uh the book you mentioned the hard sayings of jesus uh, and uh, links for that will be in the show notes and uh with that we'll we'll leave it there and until next time Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.